time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun on this Monday morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. I have two movies on my most anticipated oh. list. Do you want to know what they yeah, are? Of course I do. Yes. What are they? You're okay, going to go so, to a movie so theater. The, yeah, I, was, I haven't been in a movie theater since the before time, so <laughs> this would be a big deal for me to go back. I'm thinking about it. Uh, these two movies, uh, they're available on uh, trailers online, so the listener can go and have a look themselves. Both trailers look to me terrific. One of them is Oppenheimer. Oh, yes. The new Christopher Nolan movie. I uh, read an awful lot about the making of the atomic bomb. And Oppenheimer is one of the key figures in all that. So that's, and it's a powerful story because this is a guy whose life ended up being seriously ruined after, in the aftermath. Um, the other one is, I know you're a fan of David Grant's books. It's Scorsese's adaptation of Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. So I saw the preview for this. And this is an incredible, like Oppenheimer, true story, something that actually happened in Oklahoma in the 1920s. American government handed over a bunch of land to indigenous people, not knowing it had a lot of oil under it. Uh, the indigenous people set out to exploit the oil, uh, organized crime got involved, and the organization that later became the FBI got involved. So very vivid, powerful story. And from the preview, looks to me like this is another incredible Martin Scorsese production. So both those are on my list. I think Oppenheimer is out later this summer. Um, and Killers, Killers of the Flower, the Flower Moon is October, the fall. I think. Yeah, it's in the fall. Yeah, so I got some time to think about it, venturing <laughs> out of my home command center and blinking into the light and then going into a theater. Nice. But I'm tempted. <laughs> you know, both of those are on my list, too, especially Killers of the Flower Moon, because I loved the book so much. And apparently, like, you can read the book and watch the movie, which I'm always apprehensive about. But the book, yeah. it sounds like they, they really kind of built it around the Leonardo DiCaprio character, which is not as much of a big deal in the book. So I feel like there's going to be enough of a difference here. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, I, 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 since we're plugging David Gran, have you read The Wager? His it's book, next. Which, I just uh, finished a book last false. night. It's so funny. The Wager is absolutely now. I recommended it to our contributor, Scott Shantz, and he loved it. Edge of your seat stuff about, uh, what, 18th century yeah. ship uh, not sinking, running aground in the most remote part of South America. I, I got a feeling somebody's going to be optioning that for the movies as well. No Grant's an amazing writer. He writes, you know, the New Yorker writer, and uh, he finds these stories. This one is about as far removed in history as the last one, but uh, he has a way of doing it. Oh, I would highly recommend any of his books, and that Killers of the Flower Moon is going to be a great movie, I hope, but it's yep. Martin Scorsese, so yes, it will be, but also amazing book if people want to check it out. So I'm going to add those. I, those are also on my list, so we can talk talk about them when they come out, Vaughn. Uh, but let's talk about some meetings that are going on because we, we were talking with David Aiken about, or we will be talking with David Aiken about the NATO meeting happening. Provincially, though, the premiers are also getting together. So the annual council of the federation meetings, which some of us still call the premiers conference, uh, 13 premiers and territorial leaders, Winnipeg this year in the rotation, and uh, the usual long shopping list for the premiers, although I have to think the first and most urgent thing that especially the Western premiers are going to want to talk about is the port strike. The amount of goods that have been tied up and not shipped and not imported is already well into the billions of dollars on this. You've got Alberta and Saskatchewan and the business community all calling on Ottawa to intervene. So it'll be interesting to see whether the premiers come out with one voice and say it's time for the federal government to get involved. 
All right, the premiers are meeting this week in Winnipeg. We're talking to Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun about that, Vaughn. So do you think the port strike, Vaughn, is going to be the biggest topic? I think it's probably the most important thing because, you know, the premiers meet every year and they usually have a long wish list. Last year they met, they wanted the federal government to put more money into health care, no strings attached. Ottawa gave them some of what they were asking for with plenty of strings. So the federal government picks and chooses what the premiers ask for and sometimes gives them what they want, sometimes doesn't. Uh, But I think if the premiers with one voice were to say, Ottawa needs to intervene to settle this port strike because the damage it's doing to the Canadian economy, uh, I think that would have an effect on the federal government getting going on it. However, I have to say that one of the biggest obstacles to calling for federal intervention is Premier of British Columbia. So you interviewed uh, David Eby last Thursday. Mm -hmm. Uh, The listener can go on to the NW archive and listen to a guy ducking and bobbing and weaving in response to a straightforward question. Should the federal government intervene? The union doesn't support federal intervention, so David Eby doesn't support federal intervention. He thinks that, uh, well, you could send in a mediator well, let's see. The New Democrats sent in a mediator to the Fraser Valley transit strike, which is now approaching four months out there. And even Vince Reddy is asking for more time. So sometimes uh, intervention is a bad idea and premature. And sometimes there are talks where the two sides are so far apart and the damage being done is too big. Um, that is time for intervention. So it'd be interesting to see whether EB joins those calls. Alberta and Saskatchewan are already there. And if Ontario was thinking about the impact on the auto industry, all those parts that come in through Canada, all those cars that come in through British Columbia, uh, Ontario should be calling for it as well. Hmm. Okay. And what about the bill reform issue? Well, that's another good one. You know, again, a reminder that even when Ottawa says, okay, we're going to do it, they don't do it. So the premiers all met, uh, police chiefs and everything leaned on Ottawa beginning of the year. We need bail reform. We need to make it harder for repeat and violent offenders to get bail reform. Federal government went, oh, all right, fine. And they bring in bail reform tabled in Parliament on the 18th of May that would have tightened access to bail. Uh, Everybody says, great, thank you. Finally, they did something we wanted. And then it just sat there. And the federal government adjourned Parliament in June without even calling it for debate. Adjourned early, they didn't even call it for debate. So, oh, they're going to take it up in the fall. I still think the problem is that the federal justice, legal, academic establishment doesn't really believe we need bail reform. The premiers think we do. So that's another thing where if the premiers spoke with one voice as they did at the Western Premier's Conference. And David Eby says it's important that Ottawa gets on with it. And David Eby says he's disappointed they didn't deal with it in the spring. That's something that might get Ottawa's attention and might move things along. Okay, and also the housing crisis is something that we also talked to him about. Yeah, so the Premier met with the Deputy Prime Minister Freeland on Friday in Vancouver, and EB presented some suggestions to Ottawa for things they could do to help with the housing crisis. Federal government could free up more federal land as sites for housing. The federal government could put more money into temporary module housing, modular housing. He suggested some tax breaks 
under the housing category where the tax breaks would be tailored as incentives to build rental housing. So those are all good ideas. Um, I Freeland met with them. She put out a communique that didn't mention those ideas. She said they had a nice chat about clean energy and a nice chat about uh, um, childcare and pro provincial progress on that. But again, um, it's it's a challenge for province out here on the west coast, far away from Ottawa, to get Ottawa to share BC's priorities especially when the New Democrats, as you know, struggle to get the federal wing of their party to share B.C. projects. But also, it's pretty clear, as you pointed out as well, that the federal government has been paying attention to some big projects uh, and incentives in Ontario and Quebec lately. Yeah, David Eby, quote, he says, uh, you can't really, it's hard to miss. He said, we really need the federal government to be on side in supporting the same level of investment in projects for British Columbia. So he's talking about this giant battery factory that they're building in Windsor, Ontario, and they're giving them billions of dollars, Ontario and Ottawa, to do that. There's been some big federal money for major industrial development in Quebec as well. And the Premier makes a good point. Ottawa does that regularly for the eastern provinces, but it doesn't do the same level of investment proportionally in industrial development kind of future job creation in British Columbia. You know, the traditional stuff, yes, uh, and they certainly are on the same page on child care and some other things. But the Premier has a good point on this. It is a point, Simi, that other British Columbia Premiers have made over the years. And Ottawa has kind of nodded and said, yeah, yeah, we'll get around to it. But the evidence is that most of the money for that kind of thing still goes to Ontario and Quebec. Right, because it seems like we can ask for it, but they don't, they're not, we're not really an incentive for that. We're not really a priority. No, we're not. And unlike particularly Quebec, where... When Quebec wants something from Ottawa, all the political parties in Quebec speak with one voice. They, they get onto Ottawa, they say, we want this, you're going to have to do this. And generally, because they all speak with one voice, they get it. Whereas in British Columbia, we tend to be kind of all over the map. I mean, I give you the good example that David Eby's priorities and the priorities of the federal NDP are not always the same. And John Horgan found the same thing. So... You know, it's true that we're a long way away and we don't have the political clout of Ontario and Quebec. We don't really make governments the way those provinces do. I think we could get more if we spoke with one voice, particularly since the BC NDP government is on a number of issues, close ideology to the federal Liberal government. Hmm, so true. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Cindy.